Hello and welcome to Chatter in the Skull. I'm your host, Noah Witherspoon. Today we have on a wonderful friend for the third time. Today we have on Michael Hawk, one of my very good friends and vice president of Witherspoon Living. Today I'll be asking him some questions regarding the recent Kellyanne Conway scandal, Trump's strange fluctuations regarding candidates he endorsed, Trump's January 6th case continuing to expand, a new GOP kingmaker, some questions regarding a Trump presidential library. The Zelensky visit to Congress, and lastly, how teachers are surviving the turbulent landscape of public schools. Now, let's begin the show. Welcome back to Chatter in the Skull, and welcome, Michael. I'm glad that you're here. For any new listeners, Michael is also the vice president of Witherspoon Living, which we regularly promote here on the show. So if you're not involved in politics, the Witherspoon Living family always has a place for you. Our website link, as always, is in the podcast description. So, Michael, let's begin with some political questions. I personally feel that the Kellyanne Conway scandal has been pushed into conservative spaces, and they're buying it. Having a dinner with a forgotten member of the Democratic Party like Chris Cuomo can mean a variety of things. She could be discussing a takeover with him. She could have set him up to look bad in the media by having dinner with a conservative, but it backfired. It could be that Kellyanne was scaring Chris away from a future plan to run against a right-winger. It can mean a lot of things that conservatives would support. But unfortunately, the media is spinning this into a Kellyanne Conway problem, and the right is eating it up. I know I'm going to lose listeners from what I just said, but it's true. We cannot let liberals and the media trash one of our advocates and outright believe them. If we do, that means they won, and we just cannot let that happen. So what's your stance on the issue? I, I completely agree. Conservatives are being tricked into believing the people in the news media. The same thing happened with Kissinger, I believe. When people were saying he leaked against Nixon, when honestly there wasn't a lot of evidence to support that. With Kissinger being one of the last of Nixon's close friends in the White House, I believe a similar situation is playing out here. Kellyanne, as you said, could or carrying out a myriad of actions that could help the GOP. But also, like you said, the media is putting Kellyanne at the front, quote unquote, traders list i believe kellyanne is being wrongly slandered and conservatives needs to wake up i totally agree michael now let's go to the discussion of trump's constantly changing views on his endorsements trump has endorsed many candidates and as i've said his endorsement may work in southern america which no doubt is a big part of the boat but the suburban areas are trying to find their way 
when it comes to the supposed end of the Trump era. How do you feel Trump's demonizing comments on candidates he endorsed are affecting his suburban votes? Uh, well, first off, I must say that that is a great question. I'm a political political correspondent, mm. but I certainly don't have all the answers on what happens in uh, Washington. What mm. I can say is that Trump's polling, it, it isn't looking too well. He's in good shape, definitely better than, uh, you know, Biden, but he's losing support for, you know, keep his keeping his mouth uh, flapping. When he when he used to do it, everybody loved it because, you know, he was calling out the, the, the Democrats. Now, it just it just seems he's calling out his own alleged hypocrisy. Conservatives should think about this as much as they think about the, the life of a fly. Just don't worry about it. You know, it's. It's just Trump is calling out hypocrisy with himself, but sooner or later, his handlers are going to shut him up. Once they do, he'll he'll be back to his old self. I couldn't agree more. Now, Michael, we've started a musical break section for our viewers to reflect on the information we've given to them because political information just takes some time to digest. So we'll go to a musical break now. Saturn in the Skull will be right back. Hello and welcome back to Chatter in the Skull. Um, I just want to open this up with me touching on your your previous point, Michael. I think you're completely right. Trump has so much support in many areas of the country. I don't really think he would isolate voters who voted for the people he endorsed. If he does, he'll lose a lot of potential voters because he endorsed a lot of candidates. Like you said, at this moment, his handlers need to get him back on track and talking about the right things again. Now let's turn to Trump's growing January 6th case as an individual sitting law, I can only say this is a totally constitutional case. They're trying to bring criminal charges to a former president, including insurrection conspiracy to defraud the United States and obstructing an act of Congress. The insurrection charge essentially runs right up to the First Amendment and slaps it in the face. If a president isn't able to express his political beliefs and tries to organize a, a peaceful protest. Um, that accidentally got out of hand, then where will our country end up? I'll tell you where. It'll end up in the hands of the Democrats, who are the ones trying to center and change almost everything. Trump has a right to speak with passion discussing a protest. Trump also has a right as president to make decisions that positively impact the nation, even if Congress does not agree. I'd say that Reagan's legal team made the same case in the Crockett v. Reagan case. The 
obstructing an act of Congress charge holds no bearing on what actually happened during January 6th. In fact, Trump never did anything to obstruct an act of Congress. I say that Congress was opening themselves up to a case of treason by opposing Trump's proposition of recount. What do you think of this case containing heaping amounts of trivia with no basis of fact? I think I think it's ridiculous. Just like you said, this is almost a direct reflection of the Crockett v. Reagan case, but they're trying to twist this frivolous case into a criminal one with charges based on no facts. I know you watched the proceedings throughout the investigation and it didn't seem to me that they had much evidence at all. I think I think you know how badly they want to keep this in Congress because we have six conservative members of the Supreme Court that just just waiting to throw at the case. Trump packed the court for three people. Is Thomas in his hands because Thomas is a known conservative. There are a few people who were appointed by Bush. So they're trying to dodge the case to the Supreme Court as much as possible. The truth is, the case is either going to be thrown out by maybe a few outliers in the independent party, or maybe some Democrats are going to flip when they decide to vote, if, if the case even gets that far. I totally agree there. Trump did pack the court with a handful of people. I guess he must have took precautions to keep himself safe from a frivolous case like this that could go to the Supreme Court. Right after this break, we'll turn to the topic I promised in my last episode, my position on a new GOP kingmaker. A place for peacemakers, homemakers, meal makers, and gardeners. This is Witherspoon Living, and home is what we do. Link in podcast description. Hello and welcome back to Chatter in the Skull. We have political correspondent Michael Hawk on today and it's been a pleasure speaking with him. Now we'll discuss a new GOP kingmaker. Trump was a great president, I think we all can agree on that, but we need a new voice for the GOP party to boost Republican freshmen, congressmen and women into members with seniority and popularity. I think we have a lot of choices here. Representative Burbert has a chance if she taps into the financial angle a bit more. Senator Cotton also has a chance. He's young and will like amongst the youth conservative community. He's not a lackey for people like McConnell. Of course, they can't forget two people who've been making waves in the Republican Party, that two being Senator Josh Hawley and Senator Rand Paul. Senator Josh has the charisma and intelligence to sway new GOP voters in the North, and Senator Paul has a seniority in Senate to sway a few independents for votes and the respect in the South to recruit more voters for the GOP. I know I said a new GOP kingmaker, but I think a pair of kingmakers could be amazing. What do you think, Michael? I think you're totally right. Senator Hawley isn't radical, but he's not a rhino. He can also he can also secure votes in the suburban areas who are looking for a new kingmaker for the GOP. New kingmakers could possibly balance the potency of previous comments made by Trump and give light to the positive policies implemented by Trump. Right. So let's continue with the Trump conversation. There has been some unrest over the aspect of a Trump presidential library. 
The Democrats dramatically resent the idea, but what I'm understanding is that the GOP sees another opportunity to commemorate the great accomplishments by a Republican president. This is the only chance Republicans have to make a groundbreaking move to sway voters of the future to vote for the GOP since Reagan, in my opinion. The Reagan revolution is, is still being held as one of the GOP's best acolytes. In my opinion, the Trump presidential library is probably going to be a landmark for the GOP in 50 years or so, just like the Reagan presidential library. Wouldn't you agree? I think you have a wonderful point there, Noah. Hopefully, I just hope they won't do what they did for Nixon and throw him in a tiny 2,000 square foot unit with no significance. I'm pretty sure the future GOP won't let that happen, though. They'll need the Trump train voters too much to win the midterms and presidential elections in the future, just like we need Reagan ideologies right now to soften up the strain on conservative voters for the next presidential election. We'll need, we'll need to remind the future GOP voters of the good times when Trump won. So I think you're, I, I think you're totally right. Now we'll talk a bit about the Zelensky visit to Capitol Hill. As we both know, Pelosi tore up a federal document behind Trump at one of his Congress visits. But when Zelensky visits, she kisses him on the cheek while gripping the Ukrainian flag for dear life. First off, kissing in a diplomatic proceeding is completely inappropriate, especially for a senior member of Congress like Pelosi. Second off, I thought the war in Ukraine was still going on. Why is the president making visits to Congress for virtually no reason? We've given him over $100 billion to militarize his tiny little nation like a metal wall. We are throwing away money like we have unlimited money, and we don't. All the while, we're enraging one of the most dangerous men on Earth with thousands of Earth-destroying vessels at his disposal. To be completely honest, this is cretinous behavior. Even for Democrats, what do you think about the donkeys pulling stunts like this? Right about it enraging the Kremlin. I also think the regular voters know that too. It doesn't take a Harvard-educated congressperson to see how this is going to get Putin upset. It's very simple. The American people are going to realize how dangerous this could be for the country. The GOP is going to going to push the angle of severity in the 2024 presidential election and they'll lose a massive chunk of voters. They're practically killing their own presidential campaigns. They don't even have a contender for 2024. People have been saying it's it'll be AOC. Yeah, right, she's a joke. Just like Democratic establishment is a joke. I don't care who they pick in 2024. They won't be able to survive flying spikes from Trump and all our other possible candidates regarding another world war because of their odd relationship with their small, insignificant European country. Now let's talk about another democratic establishment, the educational institution. We're seeing increasing ineptitude in administrative agents assisting teachers to do their jobs. Students are smoking at ridiculously high rates, according to U.S. News, or over 3 million high school students currently vaping in schools and over 300,000 middle school students are also vaping. According to the EDI, the Education Data Initiative, 
the American government gives over $600 billion to public schools annually. That's over $13,000 to each student's ed education and educational equipment like pencils, pens, loose paper, notebooks, folders. Unfortunately, people in administrative positions don't allocate the money correctly. As someone who spent most of their years in elementary school in a proper educational institution where people cared about the well-being of their students, I'm not seeing that reflected in the claims that public school is a massive ploy. People in district positions like Robert Runty, who was indicted, are still being paid for their ineptitude. Robert got a $700,000 severance payment, while teachers in Florida are barely hanging on thanks to his calamitous support for unworthy bonuses and corrupt practices. Public schools are funded with over $600 billion a year, yes, but people like Robert and many others diverge this funding for their personal gain and for the gain of other special people. How do you think we can fix this dreadful issue and help the students who want to learn get the education they so desperately need? Well, I think I think we're seeing a solution play out in Florida. Governor DeSantis has appointed numerous honorable advocates for education onto the Broward County School Board. All people who hope to change the historically democratically run school county for the better. Obviously, the transition will take some time, but with situations on the state level, I hope we can inspire the Republicans in the Senate and the House to further their support for keeping our schools and the right management and out of the hands of Marxist liberals like Runcy or anybody else. Truly inspiring words, Michael. It was a pleasure having you on. I hope to speak with you again. I hope everyone listening in will continue to keep speaking the truth and chattering on. I'm your host, Noah Witherspoon, and I'll see you on the next episode of Chattering the Skull.